What did we learn at the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine? We're talking about all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Dynasty. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. How's it going today, Matt? It's going really well. How about you? Going well. We we got to hang out a little bit last mm-hmm. last week or last weekend at the uh, Combine. We talked about that leading into uh, into the week that we were we were looking forward to that for a lot of reasons. And it it was uh, it was a great week, a great weekend for me, and it did not disappoint. We saw lots of impressive performances, uh, heard lots of uh, interesting interviews, and I know uh, I know you spent your week really, of course, focused on the Steelers. How was how was the week for you? Did you learn anything? Did you hear any any whispers? Tell us a little uh, bit about it. Not as much as you would think, I would say. Um, I had heard, you know, a big thing was the Jets were really focused on Aaron Rodgers and their fallback plan was going to be Carr, which you know, is not a fallback plan anymore. And then Jimmy's yeah. a fallback plan from there. But that's three big different tiers, obviously. Um, I wouldn't say yeah. there was a ton of scuttlebutt or, you know, little nuggets I picked up, but it was just great seeing a lot of people, including your lovely face as well. I mean, we had uh, a lot of cool interviews on with us as well at the Steelers table, Radio Row, had a lot of good meals and saw some people I don't get to see nearly enough. So it's one of my favorite weeks of the year. It's a blast. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly saw some uh, some standout performances uh, on the field, in the drills, in the uh, in the uh, on the 40, really yeah, oh, all yeah. of those things. We saw some uh, some players really stand out, and it feels like Anthony Richardson is kind of the story of the combine from a fantasy dynasty standpoint. Um, I, I've kind of been saving him, and and really most of those quarterbacks. Of course, we've been doing our our rookie profiles now for a few weeks, and I really was waiting to see how the combine would go. So uh, late, later in the show, we're going to be talking more about Anthony Richardson. We'll sure. share our thoughts on him. Uh, but instead, let's let's focus on really quickly just a couple of the other players that impressed Matt. I know you were uh, you were kind of handcuffed to uh, uh, to those headphones and, and to the radio for <laughs> yeah. much of the time, so you you didn't get to uh, you didn't have the same experience as, as a lot of the media there. But um, what what did you see that that really impressed you from one of those dynasty relevant? Let's let's stick to those yeah. quarterbacks, pass catchers, running backs. What kind of stood out for you? Well, if we do kind of a broad brush strokes, I would say this tight end class is phenomenal and it keeps getting better and better. The more homework I do, the more information we get, the numbers that came out. I'm really impressed with the tight end class at the top all the way through. I think we, you know, three years from now, we might be like, man, there were nine starters in that class that end up being NFL starters. And I think the running back class rivals it. There's, I've just put together my top five running backs for Steelers.com, a series we're doing, and it was really hard to narrow it down to five. I mean, that fourth and fifth spot, there was maybe eight or nine guys that could have qualified. So a lot to pick from there. I'm not real impressed with the 
receiver class at the top, but I will say Smith and Jigba was phenomenal and is clearly my number one receiver now. And then there were some day two, early day three receivers, I I think, improved their stock. And maybe it's just me getting more familiar with them. Um, I'm sure, of course, we're going to talk about Richardson for much of the show. But those four quarterbacks all held their own as well. Or more. Yeah, or or more. Absolutely. The quarterbacks impressed. I I had said leading up to the combine, you know, we knew Bijan was RB1. Right, right, right. But quarter quarterback was crowded and messy with with those four guys. Didn't necessarily know who would would ultimately end up being the quarterback one for fantasy or for the NFL draft. We could say the same at the tight end spot. Say the same at the wide receiver spot. Mm-hmm. And I, we didn't get a ton of clarity, in my opinion. I think you can still make an argument at tight end and at quarterback uh, for three or four different options uh, at each position. But you kind of hit on it. I think we got some clarity at wide receiver. And I think yeah, it is yeah. Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, separating himself uh, from the pack. I think he's the pretty clear wide receiver one uh, right now, both in in fantasy and I, I would expect in the NFL draft as well. Peacock and I were talking about this. I mean, even if he runs a 4-6-8, I really don't care. I mean, just his style right. of play. Keenan Allen was a 4-7 guy. Like, and I'm not even projecting that, but he probably won't burn up the track. Um, and the only negatives on the guy are he didn't play much last year. I'm not holding that against him because last he did play during the season, he was a dominant player. And his stuff, the way he plays just translates very quickly to the NFL too. Route runner, unbelievable um, agility drills. Like that that's the kind of stuff I want to see. I mean, he projects to be a high target guy. Yeah, absolutely. Just what we want to hear for, for a fantasy, uh, from a fantasy standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have covered a lot of these rookies, including uh, Smith and Jigba and, and several other standouts, but we also have a lot to go. We're going to keep hitting these rookie profiles all this week. Uh, we'll actually take a little bit of a break from the rookie talk next week because uh, man, we've got free agency right around the corner. The uh, legal tampering period, my one of my favorite terms yeah, in, funny, right? in football, uh, that is next Monday and Tuesday. So, so this time next week, uh, we'll start hearing the reports. They won't become official until Wednesday, uh, next Wednesday. Um, but it's it's going to be a wild week of free agency talk, and uh, of course, the news is starting to roll in here over the past uh, 24, 36 hours or so with players getting tagged. Uh, some some trade talk with with mm-hmm. new players that maybe we hadn't hadn't heard mentioned before. So we'll uh, we'll kind of do a little bit of a, a roundup on that tomorrow. But we do want to stick to the rookie talk today. And like I said, Anthony Anthony Richardson stole the show in Indy. We we knew he would, and I think he was even better than advertised. So that's going to be our focus of the rest of the show today. We'll get started on that right after this break. Folks, you know it's midway through the the NBA season, and it's now really the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained, whatever you're into. It just you know, build 
uh, the perfect bet that you want. You know, you, I, you can use player points, rebounds, assists, and of course, there's so many other sports you can bet on as well. Um, plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com/slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Matt, let's talk about Anthony Richardson. Uh, of course, the quarterback from Florida, uh, six foot four, 244 pounds, still just 21 years old. And before we get into any of the other information, including uh, what we saw at the combine this past weekend or this past week, Matt, uh, pre combine, mm-hmm. Richardson's kind of been a hot topic um, and, and a guy that uh, was, was really polarizing, right? I mean, some were, were falling in love with the upside and, and the, uh, the, the athleticism, the running ability, and others just were kind of stuck on that that uh passing percentage right, and right. and really how how ugly some of those passes were uh this past season which side of that were you on pre combine were you were you a believer or were you staying away i would say for all four of these prospects red flags were scaring me galore i mean just you're talking the four quarterbacks yes absolutely yeah and including richardson maybe more than any But I've told the story many times lately on the air because I think it really applies is I was trained as a scout that Matt don't ever count on a quarterback getting more accurate at the NFL level. You know, like that just doesn't happen. And for years and years and years, it didn't. But now Dak, Lamar, Hertz, Allen, the last two to me are the best examples of guys that came in inaccurate, you know, especially Hertz and Allen. And now they still have their spells that they're not great, but they're more than adequate passers and sometimes even spectacular. And I think a big reason of it, this is just my theory on it, is all these quarterback coaches that are out there, the Jordan Palmers of the world, you know, like Mm. bio biomechanics and things like that, that they didn't have five, 10 years ago. Hey, your, your plant foot's a little off or you're not bending your front knee enough, or you're not transferring your weight or whatever your biomechanical problem is. They diagnose it with a computer and specialists. And if you're willing to put the work in, you can change the way you throw the football and eliminate bad habits. So from what I understand, Richardson is a hard worker. He's conscientious. He wants to be great. He's not just going to blow it off. I don't know the I don't know the young man. He might get millions in his pocket and say, "I'm good. I'm not going to do that stuff." But all these guys have these private coaches now, and as bad and I mean, as bad as Hurts and especially Allen were at the beginning of, the, of their careers, I think there's a lot of room for optimism that he can become a good enough passer to be a starting quarterback in the league which is all we care about. We don't need him to be a 75% completion guy. We just need him to be the starter. Because don't you think even right now he could mimic what Justin Fields did this past year? Because I think Justin Fields is a better passer than Richardson. But if they just did that formula, his rookie season, wherever he lands, that would keep him on the field as he learns. And he probably would have a better supporting cast than Fields had to deal with with Chicago yesterday. Yeah, well, uh, well, a couple of things there to respond to. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned Fields because I, I heard some other mentions of Fields that um, some 
at, at the combine suggesting Justin Fields, what we saw from, from Fields this past season was Richardson's upside and some suggesting that was his floor. I think it's so more of his floor. That, right. And, and then the other thing that I thought back to just really just a couple weeks ago, there were comparisons out there of Anthony Richardson to Malik Willis. And, okay. and so in, in a week, in a weekend, really, Richardson has gone from comps of Malik Willis to Justin Fields. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's a pretty good move that he's, uh, he's made uh, and kind of represented to represents the, the jump that he made at the combine. And again, we knew he was, he was going to test. Well, we knew he was a, mm-hmm. an athletic freak. We knew he was big, tall, strong, uh, muscular, all, all those things. We knew all of that. Um, the things that I did not know, or that I had questions about were still his, his passing, mm-hmm. um, just, just in general, not, not, uh, not only accuracy, but really kind of all facets, uh, and how he would do with the media in, in front of the, um, in, you know, in the interview sessions. And we heard reports earlier in the week that he was really impressing in team interviews. Um, you know, of course that's, that's not something any of us obviously have access to, but um, we have to, we have to take those reports for what they are. He, he captivated the crowd in the media room. Mm-hmm. Matt. He, he had a large crowd. Uh, he had, he had the, the, the people around him, you know, laughing and um, just obviously really interested in hanging on every word he said. Uh, super well-spoken, confident, humble at the same time. Like he, he won me over in, in that interview session. And then once he got on the field, I was impressed with his, with his throwing. Yeah. He's he had a, better. Yeah, he certainly had a couple bad throws. Uh, most of those quarterbacks did, uh, probably other than uh, C.J. Stroud. But I hate to say it. I said it on the DLF Dynasty podcast this week, too. I thought his passing was more impressive than my my Wildcat guy, uh, Will Levis. Mm. And, you know, Will Levis said he had a cannon, and he does. I've, I've, you know, we, we've seen him show, that, show off that arm in, in multiple games. He didn't show it off that much at the combine. I don't know why, but uh, Richardson certainly did. So I'm feeling more and more confident with Anthony Richardson. Um, and I'm, I don't think it's a case of double counting. You know, right, again, right, right. We, knew, we knew he would be impressive in those drills, um, in, in that testing, and he was but he was impressive all around at the NFL combine. Yeah. And you certainly can double count now, you know, I mean, give him credit oh, for yeah. something you already did. But to me, it was, uh, yeah, this is the example I used on Peacock and Williamson. It was like, I probably would have had a 93 out of a hundred athletic grade on him. Now it's a 98, <laughs> you know, you go from an A to an A plus, you know, it doesn't mean it, you could still increase the, the, the stock you put in that because, Really, by any metric, especially when you when you mention when you talk about the height and weights and everything, this is the best testing combine any quarterback in the history of the combine has had. I mean, it's number one, better than Michael Vick, better than a lot of guys at bus, better than a lot of unbelievably talented players. So the immensity of what he did can't be 
understated, but you know, it's also a little fresh on our mind. So we're probably all overreacting a little, but you also did mention my Steeler responsibilities while I was there. Well, two hours a day, I was on the air with Max Starks and not everyone might not know who Max Starks was, but he was left tackle yeah. for the Steelers for a while. Yep. One of the biggest human beings I've ever seen. But anyways, Max <laughs> is a great dude, but also Max is a graduate. He's a Gator. He's a Florida Gator and stays very tuned in. He does a lot of college games, stays very tuned in with his alma mater. And I asked him on the air and I asked him late night, you know, with beers and hanging out, like what's Richardson like? He's like, it's a great kid. You know, he's going to work hard. He's he's going to do the things you need to get better. You know, I mean, I don't know Anthony Richardson, but Max did and totally vouches for him. So I'm like, great. You know, I mean, that's what I want to hear. Yeah. The other thing in, in talking about Willis and, and fields and concerns about uh, the, these players as passers, mm-hmm. what, what I think we're fairly confident and not, not just fairly confident, very confident. in at this point is that Richardson is going to be an early first round NFL oh. draft pick. So he's going to have that draft capital that gives him a long leash. So if he comes to the league and struggles as a passer, as we've seen many other quarterbacks do, Josh Allen uh, at fields and uh, Hertz and many others, um, he's got that draft capital that, that is going to uh, keep earning him chances and keep earning him playing time. Uh, so that leash is going to be a long one with with a guy like Anthony Richardson. That's another reason I think we are safe to invest in him. I understand. Uh, let's take a step back and, and cover some of the basics here. Richardson was a four star recruit out of Gainesville, stayed home, went to the University of Florida. Obviously, did not uh, didn't play much as a, a true freshman. Uh, just got got game action in three games. His red shirt freshman year. Um, Saw quite a bit more time, 529 passing yards, six touchdowns, five picks, and also ran the ball 51 times for over 400 yards and three more scores. So that's when we were really get getting kind of a glimpse of what he could do, um, especially as a, uh, as a runner, as a ball carrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, this past season, threw for over 2,500 yards, 17 touchdowns, nine picks. Uh, ran the ball over a hundred times for 654 yards and nine scores. And I know it was really just one game, but after that first game of the season that he dominated, Matt, remember he was, he was getting Heisman talk. And again, it's one week and we always do that early in the college season and and it it usually doesn't work out very well. And unfortunately for, for Richardson, it didn't work out well. He, um, his play was inconsistent and ended up uh, missing some time with an injury, but um, really top to bottom, a, a very good season, and, and it's got him where he is now. Matt, when we come back, we're going to dig into a, a little bit more of Richardson's game and his dynasty value as well. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into the sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Matt, we've talked a lot about 
the strengths and and really the weaknesses, the concerns for Anthony Richardson already, obviously the size, the strength, the athleticism, he can run the ball, an explosive playmaker. Are there any any strengths that are kind of going under the radar that that you've seen with Richardson? Any anything that you like that maybe isn't obvious at, at first glance? We kind of touched on it, and it's a massive overreaction to one day of throwing, but I'm at least open to the idea that he is improving his accuracy, improving as a passer. I mean, he's not just sitting around doing nothing since the season ended. I'm sure he's working with, right. you know, um, specific coaches and quarterback gurus and people like that. And again, it's one day throwing the receivers he doesn't know, you know, but I, I, I have a hunch that he's improving. Good enough? We don't know. I mean, he has a long way to go as a passer. I, I keep referencing, you know, my time at the Combine. Greg Cosell sat down with us at the booth. And one of the things he said about Richardson was, there's times where his tape is unwatchable. That was his word. I mean, that's how bad he can oh, no. be at times, yeah. you know I mean? Misses people by 15 yards, you know? So, and Lamar was guilty of this too, that mm-hmm. I remember after Lamar's rookie year, I went back and watched every one of his throws. And one thing I noticed was he's more accurate than people give him credit for. But the problem is, of course, there's a mis- there's a uh, already set in your head that this guy is inaccurate enough. But when Lamar, especially early in his career, when he missed, he missed really badly. <laughs> you know, it wasn't just um, overthrew him by a, ha- a fingernail or a hair. When he missed, it made it look worse. But they're incompletions nonetheless. You know, it doesn't matter if you throw it in the seats or if you're uh, uh, half a yard short on a ball, you know. What I really liked about Lamar and what I think is, well, I, I don't know if we can compare Richardson in the same way, but. Lamar to me Im- improved throughout his college career as a passer. And, Absolutely. and certainly when he came into the NFL, he, he still had uh, plenty of questions in that, in that area. He still had some scouts calling him a running back and, and all of those silly things. But if you go back and watch throughout his college career, marked improvement from, uh, from freshman season to the end of his career, we can't really judge Richardson in that way because it, it's really only this final college season mm-hmm. that he has consistently been on the field. So, um, you know, if you look at his late season splits, though, those are good. Um, I believe the last, it was the last five or six games. He had a, uh, a very good um, touchdown to interception ratio. I, I think it was nine to two in the last six games that that might be a little bit off, but uh, showed some improvement better. down the stretch for sure. Uh, the weaknesses again. We've talked about these. He's he's inconsistent. There's questions about his accuracy. Uh, makes those dangerous throws. You know, maybe uh, maybe he's not reading the defense, not even seeing the defense. Maybe he's a little too confident at times in his arm. But he he throws into uh, into double coverage, triple coverage. He uh, he 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 makes those dangerous throws, and all of that really comes down to decision making. Um, to me, like you said to start the conversation. I think those are all things that uh, I'm not going to assume that they're going to improve, but I think they can be improved mm-hmm. in, in the right system. And and you named plenty of uh, quarterbacks recently that have shown that improvement once they uh, get into the league. I want to look at real quick uh, before you do, Richard, I, I just pulled up sure. pro football Focus's early draft guide. 
And they, there yeah. was a couple little nuggets here I thought were interesting. Is he only had 455 dropbacks in his college career. So yeah. he's new to this, you know, uh, and, and there's two things that they mentioned that I agree with were they their, their quote was only lasers, you know, hasn't mastered the art of when to take something off a throw. Well, mm-hmm. that can change. I mean, to me, that's not it doesn't destroy your career. I mean, you can you can learn to throw with more touch or not, not always throw fastballs. And then the other thing they mentioned is his feet are all over the place. I mean, his footwork as a passer is very, very bad. But again, that's correctable. I mean, it's not just an inherent weakness you can't ever overcome. And that's something we see with those those quarterbacks who uh, are able to run the ball as well. You mm-hmm. know, kind of kind of happy feet at times. Sure. Um, and again, we've seen that corrected. Yet still, have seen the quarterbacks who are able to run uh, run the ball pretty well, very well in some cases. Um, I want to look at some dynasty value numbers, some potential landing spot numbers. But honestly, these things are going to shift. A lot. Yeah, uh, we're we're still uh, still fresh off the combine, and um, as as people update their rankings, as we get some new ADP rolling in, we're going to see Anthony Richardson moving up the boards in uh, in, in really all of these. But um, let's look at uh, just for comparison's sake, we'll we'll go ahead and take a look at it. His DLF rookie ranking right now, and this is Superflex, of course is eight overall. He is the quarterback three and his rookie ADP is 1.07. Also the quarterback three. So in that seven to eight range, super flex, that was, pre, that was super flex. Yeah, yeah. And that's pre pre combine. How highly are you comfortable valuing Anthony Richardson right now in a super flex league? And really, I think the main question here is, would he be your quarterback one in dynasty right now? Yes, he's my rookie quarterback one, without question. I know we're going to talk about landing spots. I can't believe he gets past pick number nine, which basically means he's starting pretty soon unless he ends up in Seattle or Detroit, and then it's probably one year. But like we talked about with Fields, early or, you know, last year or two years ago, Hurts, when he became the starter, they're mm-hmm. so usable for fantasy in the meantime. You know, while he figures things out, you know, Early yeah. career RG3, RG, early career Josh Allen. You know, these guys are highly useful. Cam Newton, these guys are highly useful, even if they don't figure it out. And as you mentioned, he should have a long leash career-wise at least a couple years. I mean, unless he falls on his face to the Zach Wilson level. But even then, you'd get two years out of him probably. Well, and and he has that rushing floor that exactly. uh, Zach, Zach Wilson didn't have. Um so seven, eight range for the for Superflex rookie drafts, uh, but we are both It'd be very lower confident. than that. I'd, I'd have him even higher. I mean, because I, I mean, I definitely would take Bijan, uh, Gibbs, Smith, Najigba, or Richardson as a conversation for me. Oh, really? Okay. I, I guess I was assuming in Superflex, if he was your quarterback one, that he would probably be two overall, and ultimately probably, that's probably, yeah. that's kind of where I think we we see him. Okay. Uh, in uh, in those super flex leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talked about it already. A bunch of teams in the top nine that need a quarterback. Uh, most of them have an immediate need at the quarterback position. Two is Houston. Four is Indy. Five is Seattle. Six is Detroit. Seven, Las Vegas. Eight, Atlanta. Nine, Carolina. It does seem like Las Vegas will probably go 
the veteran route uh, if they have that option. Uh, but probably, but I knows. totally agree yeah, with you. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Richardson falls past nine. I don't um, so thinking about these teams, what would be your favorite? What's your ideal Anthony Richardson landing spot here? Hmm. I mean, I love Seattle and Detroit from the perspective of both those teams are on the rise. They have good offensive lines. He wouldn't get rushed in. But selfishly, I want to be able to start him week one of next year. And I don't think you can do that in Seattle or Detroit. How about Indy, though? I mean, just install the Hurts offense that you brought over from Philly behind Quentin yeah. Nelson and the threat of you know Jonathan Taylor there with you. I mean, good luck stop, stopping that run game. I like that idea as well. You know, I uh, I heard from um, during Will Levis's interview last week, he was asked, and it was a common question, which teams each player had met with. And, of course, that I think that's very noteworthy. Yeah. Levis has not met with the Colts at all. Really? Interesting. Yeah. So wow. I was surprised by that one. Of course, he's been a popular mock draft pick to the Colts. Uh, let's finish up here, Matt, with um, – where the experts are viewing Anthony Richardson. And again, all of these mock drafts are pre-combine. Right, right, right. We'll have some, uh, some new information. So just view this as a, as a starting point, uh, as where looking at where he was valued prior to the combine, Daniel Jeremiah had him 18 to Detroit. You know, that that's noteworthy because the lions also have the sixth pick mm-hmm. as we already talked about Lance Zerline, 19 to Tampa. Mel Kuyper, he was the highest on yeah, a little ahead of the curve. Uh, Richardson had him nine overall to Seattle. That uh, involved a uh, projected trade. Matt Miller, sixteen to Washington. Dane Brugler, uh, fifteen to Detroit. I think that involved a trade as well, I believe. And Danny Kelly, our buddy from the Ringer, twentieth overall to Seattle. And and again, we talked about Seattle. Uh, they're not getting him at twenty, but they might get him at five overall. Right, right. Um, I'm with you. Seattle and Detroit, I think, make a lot of sense. You give him that time to, uh, to, to figure things out, to improve, to grow into the league, and, uh, and then we see what he can do. So, obviously, a very fun prospect, uh, someone who uh, I had some major concerns with, but I'm, I'm coming around very quickly on Anthony Richardson. Last team to throw out there is what if Lamar goes to Atlanta – and then Baltimore has all these picks and, you know, that would be interesting too. That would be. And and they might have the eight overall pick. Right. If, uh, if, if Lamar ends up in Atlanta, <clears throat> that will do it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at locked on dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL. And I'm Ryan MC 23. We'll be back next time with more locked on dynasty.